0: The debut is here ladies and gents This is the OTC Preview Show Manchester United need another bounce back Liverpool and Manchester City face off And the end of pay-per-view is happening All that and more to come So stay tuned Hello and welcome to OTC podcast with me, Regan Walsh, and my co-host Bradley Morris. Today we are going to be talking about the England squad for the upcoming internationals, reaction to Manchester United's performance in the Champions League against Istanbul Başakir, and looking towards this weekend's features in the Premier League. But before we dive into all of them, there's a bit of breaking news in the last hour or so. The Athletic are reporting that the Premier League are going to scrap the pay per view games that aren't uh, originally scheduled for TV after this weekend's games. They bought it in about a month ago now, where games that won't be shown live TV would cost fans an extra £14.95 per game. Brad, what are your thoughts on the Premier League deciding to finally get rid of this?
1: Well, it's taken like, um, about. As long to decide this as this election is happening right now as we speak. (laughs) It's about time. I I think we all knew this was the worst decision and the worst pricing strategy that they could have came up with. No sensible fan was ever going to pay £14.95 for a game like West Brom Burnley.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean... I think I remember looking last weekend they had five of the games on TV and five of them not on TV last weekend so you're paying £74.75p just to watch half of the Premier League games if you wanted to just watch them five plus you've got to pay your for your Sky or Virgin whatever company package you're with plus you've got to pay a tv license on top of that because obviously having a natural tv you have got to pay i think it's like 37 38 quid for the tv license even if you didn't watch sports. so you're going to be paying two three hundred quid a month if not more just to watch the games and it, it was a ridiculous situation for them to even come up with if they said maybe four or five quid I think some fans would have been like okay it's not the best but it's something that is quite decent and we'd look at doing but I think the fact that they said 14.95 and it's for each game not just doing that as like 14.95 for the whole weekend is I think ridiculous
1: yeah it's it's also that big issue this affects the fan bases of more teams than others yeah because you take the, Villa had five games in a row on it so they haven't been on uh it's... sky sports I believe or the leads naturally no, not in the leeds games i can't remember the last time we actually were on it's on sky <laughs>
0: wow. not so you fun. know i've just looked you're not on this weekend's game uh, sunday evening against arsenal is uh, is also on uh, Sky Sports box office, so uh, even this weekend you're not on uh, normal Sky. So that's so say if that's six games, that's about ninety quid that Villa fans would have had to pay out.
1: It's generally, I think only sign the only other club in that can't be Um,
0: I think it might be. Pull them because if I remember correctly, their game against West Brom at the start of this week was on Sky Sports Box Office, and I don't think I. Oh no, was their game against Tottenham the other week? Was that on normal Sky?
1: It's not.
0: I don't really remember. No, but either way. So that's 89 quid, 90 quid that Villa fans have had to pay out for six of their games being on uh, Sky Sports pay-per-view since they've bought it in. And I think it was rightly so that they were getting rid of it uh, after this weekend's fixtures. I think if they carried on for the rest of the season, many fans would just find illegal streams and other ways of watching the game rather than paying 14.95 uh a game because it is ridiculous mm. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> I think the thing now is are they going to come up with some alternative way of showing these games that aren't naturally selected for TV here in the UK because obviously elsewhere they'll have some like broadcasts over so like NBC they'll have all the games mm. so like they'll just do what we have so, We only see the highlights of it for like match of the date and that but they've got to come up with some other way of being able to show the fans the games that aren't on tv whether that's a cheaper subscription box or they just have them on sky and BT naturally
1: it doesn't in
0: practice there's
1: nothing technically wrong with it it's just Mm. a ridiculous price to ask fans to pay for in a global pandemic
0: yeah, well many people have been put on furlough throughout the year and have lost jobs even if they haven't been put on furlough or have just naturally lost their jobs. 14.95 per game for I think it's been the last six weeks now it's been around is crazy. Finally some good news about it, getting rid of it because I was definitely never a supporter of it. Elsewhere, as we mentioned, uh, Gareth Southgate has announced his England squad for their upcoming games against the Republic of Ireland, Belgium and Iceland later on this month. Uh, This is a recall to the squad for Phil Foden after he and Mason Greenwood were dropped following their incident in Iceland. Uh, However, the Manchester United young forward has been left out of the squad. Uh, Any surprises in the squad? I can't technically pick one out that surprises me. This is
1: Vintage Southgate. In his absolute worst. Yeah. It's it's not
0: it's, it's good the favourites. It's,
1: it's the favourite.
0: Yeah. It's not a good squad and it's not a bad squad, it's just a Gareth Southgate squad. And everyone you expect to be there is a I mean, picking hundreds and hundreds of right-backs in it. Jordan Pickford will be in goal. Well, he's one for you. So uh, Southgate said there is nobody challenging seriously to push him out of that position, talking about Jordan Pickford.
1: If the argument was ever there that he's looking at league table position. I think that's that has to do. Because Newcastle fans would have really disagree with, with him on that one.
0: Well, speaking about uh, Callum Wilson being admitted, he said we didn't think it was right to leave Tammy Abraham out this time, despite missing out on Callum Wilson, who's been in excellent form this season. Again, another admission, you would say, Tariq Lamptey of Brighton. He's been in excellent form for Mm -hmm. the Seagulls this season. How has he not got a called up? Yet he's called up Rhys James, who's going to be suspended for the Belgium and uh, Iceland game as he got sent off against Denmark in the last set of uh, Nations League fixtures. He is literally just picking the same 29 it is here as he always does. Mm. And it's just gotten to a point where I don't think many England fans can take it. Like, yeah, England are going to win their qualifying groups easily for the Euros whenever we do that again because we always get against the easiest nations ever then the Nations League it t- might get out of the group or finish top and then get to the semi-finals or court or the following round and get knocked out and then uh, later on this year the draw for the World Cup qualifiers are going to take place for UEFA and um, Again, England will no doubt get a bunch of nobodies and it'll be easy and they'll finish top. And it's just the same old repetitive. Yeah, no, no, that's very harsh in San Marino. That's very harsh. I mean, I don't think it is. I mean, we play the same seven or eight sides every couple of years. I would love a fixture against Gibraltar. <laughs> honestly, I'd rather England have a group of... So, I don't... Is it six to ten or... No. I four yeah, Six. Six in a group, because you play ten games because obviously you can't play yourself. For England next for this Euros, I'd like them to play. I know it's gonna be unlikely due to the pot coefficiency that they're gonna be in. But someone like a Spain, um a Northern Ireland, or can we not play home nation side? There we can. A Denmark, a Slovakia, a Slovenia, a Poland just some better quality opposition rather than San Marino, Gibraltar. I mean, I just, yeah. just want this all Yeah, I mean, I've never been a fan of Southgate. I don't think he's a good manager. He wouldn't inspire me as a player to give 110%. I'd just like, yeah, mate, go back to working in Marks and Spencers for us. And... So, so uh,
1: somehow, look, I can't see Harry Kane and James, so I'm sure. I think he... <laughs>
0: It's just, it's, I, I don't know. I've never, I never thought it was the right appointment in the first place. I think they should have looked at someone who, like, he's been in the England setup for years. Don't get me wrong. But has it, I mean.
1: We, we know why it happened because the person who was there decided to ruin everything for themselves. And subsequently, so they had to lose their job, pretty much.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can understand that England getting rid of. Sam Allardyce, I need to forgotten his name there. But did they really have to appoint Could they have not found yeah. someone better? You could almost see it as a they've got they had to get rid of a guy who clearly
1: they couldn't trust. You mm. know that and they brought in someone in who they know they can back and they know he's not gonna fire back up.
0: Yeah, he's just, he was the safe option.
1: Which is a bit at the time I
0: didn't necessarily disagree. Yeah, at the time he's like, we're, okay, it's we a good
1: We were going into that World Cup. Mm-hmm. No ambition. Yeah. And then it became and then it became the issue. We actually did well. Yeah, we did well. We should have got we should have so. to the final. We should have got to that final.
0: Yeah. But uh, I think now, looking forward, keep him for the Euros next year, but do you keep him for the World Cup in twenty twenty two?
1: It would depend on how he did in the Euros.
0: Okay, so if we get to the round of six, uh, how many teams from the Euros have got? Is it 32? I can't remember.
1: Let's start.
0: Quarterfinals. Okay, so quarterfinals he has to get to to keep his job. If we go out
1: in the quarterfinals, does he stay or go?
0: I think England would keep him.
1: I think think quarterfinals, anything past the quarterfinals, he'd stay.
0: Yeah, anything past the quarters, he's safe. Uh, anything before the quarter finals I think he's out. Uh, also, it depends on how. If we go, if we
1: somehow go out of the group stage, his job's untenable. So. I it
0: has to. Be. I forgot who, so we've got Croatia in our group.
1: Croatia, Czech Republic, and then we'll find out the thirteen. Yeah.
0: If I'm right, yeah. it's either Scotland or.
1: Serbia
0: I mean, versus Serbia yeah which uh, kicks off in a is in a week's time which is
1: same same only right?
0: for the bands it has to be Scotland <laughs> yeah but it won't be it'll be Serbia you
1: never
0: know no but anyway be, yeah I think it would be a nice bit of history for Scotland it would be but it's Scotland um i think anyway looking forward to the international games i think ireland they should win considering it's friendly uh belgium's going to be a tight game i don't know who they've called up if they've announced their squad but if kaku carries on his form like he has done for inter milan this season i think he's going to be uh, very hard to contain and then the game against iceland it's one that's up in the air and anything can happen really. Right. Um now it's time to talk about Manchester United and oh, that oh performance my. against Istanbul Baseshir in the uh A lovely championship. Thank you. I think it's better than I remember what Ashley Cole did uh, last year. But um United you know, Defensively yesterday Against Istanbul was Diabolical, I mean For that first goal that Demba scored The Four most forward players for United were the back four And I just wanted to say that back four was Was Harry Maguire Aaron Wamba bissaka oh oh uh, Luke Shaw Oh dear, oh dear and I can't remember who the other centre back was. Was it Lindelof? Oh, you've forgotten this. It was the man they were all praising. We oh, let's forget two weeks ago. It was Axel Tanseder. Yes, sorry, my mind just went completely blank as to who it was with him. It
1: was, it was Axel. It, Axel. I still have great admiration for. I can't he's lying but, down at
0: Villa. Obviously,
1: well, not his game. Mm. Not
0: his, I don't think many were for United yesterday. I think it was a poor performance. They were poor all round from the whole uh, team, so I wasn't expecting anything from them. Um, just, so.
1: have to, the group, group of death. It gets called the group of death for more than one reason. Not just because of the good teams it's surround It's It's that lone team. You don't expect to do anything. Um, mm. That's where that's where the travelling comes in. It's the, don't that comes into effect a
0: little bit, just a little bit. Uh, I mean, Istanbul was only a couple of hours, two three hours, I think. I mean, any trip to close Middle East is. Yeah, but I mean, the the other two ties for away fixes. I mean, it's Germany and You France, can't have the excuses and, in that one. Yeah, it's literally across the pond. Well, I mean, you well, there's no
1: excuse for any of them losing to this team
0: anyway. No, there shouldn't be. I mean, I think that was their first ever Champions League win as well.
1: You're starting with Martin
0: Skirtle in defence and Denver Barr in front. And Raphael in defence, the former Man United right back. Well, that explains the victory then. <laughs> I mean, their lineup yesterday was... Let's have a look. How many former Premier League players can we see? The Denver Barr, like you said, Martin Skirtle, Raphael... Uh, I'm sure they've got a few more. I'm sure Gail Clichy is a part of this team, but he wasn't a part of the game yesterday. A few of them. It? They're building a team have dominated 10 years ago. <laughs> they're doing what Inter Milan are doing, just buying old Premier League players. There's,
1: they're going down the MLS approach.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what the Turkish League really is. It's just a European slash Middle Eastern version of the MLS, but not as good, in my eyes, because we all know Galatasaray are Anabandabajay. Yeah, but, I mean, it's always the same three that are always there. Uh, All views you
1: said in this podcast, they're not out of all members of the.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's never been as competitive as the Premier League or Spain and Germany. That's all I was saying about that. But, uh, yeah, there was obviously a lot of talk after that game about the defensive woes and just this put Solskjaer's job on the line. As an outsider, what would you say, looking in at Man United, is Solskjaer under pressure now? I mean, if he isn't, then how? (laughs)
1: Like, how? (laughs) Because there's been more than enough times that you can say, is this guy going to take us to where we want to be?
0: Yeah. I think the main thing crazy. is. <laughs> I think the main <laughs> thing is though with Man United is you can't keep tossing and changing managers every two and a half, three years, because the players won't get stuck to one philosophy. Because by the time they've learned it, results start going against them, and then they end up sacking the manager and looking elsewhere. So. If Starshall was to go now, I'm not saying I want him to, they bring in if one so called favourite, Pochettino. What can he do with his group of players? Can, can he turn them around to make them title challengers? I know, not necessarily this season. This season, I think United are going to ask for a Europa League spot or Champions League spot based on however they can turn their season around. But you bring in Pochettino, say, before Christmas or after Christmas, he's got the January transfer window and the summer window. We don't know whether the club's uh, financial position will be back to normal pre-Covid or uh, are they still going to be struggling for finances and selling and signing players? Is that going to be a problem? So can Pochettino do some miracle that Mourinho, Van Gaal, Solskjaer and Moyes weren't able to do?
1: Miracles? Be- oh, Sean, where That's a But you're forgetting what this man did at Southampton. He then did it at Tottenham. He built these teams from mid-level, maybe like in Tottenham's case. They they had a Tottenham, almost practically similar. All these quality players. Now you've just got to fit them together and build the right shape for them. Mm. Get them in a team and see if it works.
0: Yeah, I think that's he, he's much some, more
1: qualified to do this than only gonna show some.
0: I think that's the main problem with Shawson right at the minute is he doesn't. Know, is the defence is somewhat fine and can pick itself really. So I think naturally it would be a fit Alex Talish on the left, Maguire, Lindelof, one De Gea in goal, um, and then your forward three of Marshall, Rashford, and Greenwood. But it's just how he gets the midfield of van der Beek, Fernandes, Pogba, Matic, McTominay, how does he get all them like Jellin? And I think you're right in the sense that I think Pochettino could do a better job of getting that midfield playing better. And whether that is just the missing link for United, it would be interesting to see. You know, he needed a
1: midfielder. They signed on van der Beek. Mm-hmm. But was he the right kind of midfielder that you actually needed? No. I think we needed more. The depth, I I get it. Yeah. If you you want to sign depth, you don't sign Donny van der Veek. No. Not some of his quality, just a leave on the bench.
0: I think what we needed after we signed Fernandes in January was a defensive-minded midfielder. And there was clearly an option out there. In Thomas Partey. That is the person
1: I'm referring to. Yeah, I
0: mean... it. It would make sense uh, to have gone for Partey uh, it, it would have been I think a good signing because I think it would him and Pogba and Fernandes would have worked together quite well and it would have I think he he's good defense very good defensive mindedly compared to what we saw the in current that. positions United
1: in so the game against Arsenal he controlled that Arsenal midfield. Yeah but, I mean how many games he played for?
0: Two, three, two, three, yeah, exactly. Just like that, bang, he's leading. Comparing them to Patrick Vieira already, slightly premature, very premature. <laughs> if you can keep but, it up, then yeah, you compare that to someone like Fred and McTominay. Are they doing that? No, and how long's McTominay been at that club? <laughs> Years, I mean, he's from the United Academy. Well, it's gonna be interesting to see what the United board do, but I think personally, I think a change in the board, aka get rid of Edward Wood is needed more, as well as a manager and a director of football coming in. I think that's the three main changes for United would be a more tactical manager, if they were to get rid of Solskjaer, a director of football to deal with the transfers, then I'd be happy to say okay leave Edward Wood to do all the financial not financial side but the sponsorship side of stuff for United or get rid of him as well and because if you look at it since David Gill left in 2013 with Sir Alex Ferguson United's transfer business has been awful. I can just think of it off the top of my head they spent 60 odd million on Di Maria lost 10 million on him a year later they bought Memphis Depay for about 30 odd million. A few years later, he was gone. Never lived up to it. They had Falcao on loan. I think his loan was about five to nine million pounds. Useless. I was going
1: to say, Mark, how, how long have we got? Because
0: this list is
1: atrocious. Uh, Marcus Rajo. I mean, we all know where they could, people could really go if they want to know this
0: information. <laughs> oh, yes, they can check out the article I did on the uh website uh where I look I broke down all the United signings uh that the club have made posts Take sorry, an hour. Like it some, take that long. Yeah it Yeah, probably take an hour or so to read But oh, yeah I think the there's moment. more <laughs> <laughs> I think there's more problems at United than there are solutions at the minute looking forward in the short term. Right, it's time to look forward to this weekend's fixtures, which start tomorrow on Friday at half past five with Brighton and Hove Albion versus Burnley, the pinnacle of Friday night football. I so this is, this is my game in <laughs> On Sky Sports box office, so £14.95 to watch 20th place Burnley play 16th place Brighton. A win will see Spartan the sequel when 16th.
1: Yeah, that's surprisingly low,
0: considering
1: they... I don't know, I think I was just easy.
0: expecting that for Brighton. 6th to 5th, between 12 below is what I expect for Brighton. Um, I think it's an easy Brighton win. Burnley have looked poor all season. I think it could be Burnley's best chance to win, but uh, they have... If there's, a, if there's a game to find it for Burnley to finally put the marker down
1: and no no we are still in this we're not down. Mm. we're just having this we're just living a bad slump
0: wow okay i've got some very interesting facts for you uh about this game so bryson have won just one of their six premier league meetings with burnley drawn three lost two though it was in their last such game against them winning 2-1 on the final day of last season Burnley are unbeaten in their last four away league games against Brighton since a 2-0 loss in August 2013, however three of these four visits have ended in a draw, but even more bad news for Burnley is they are winless in their last 10 top flight away games, played on a Friday, drawing four, losing six since a 3-1 win at Newcastle in January of 1926, however only one of these games has been in in the now called Premier League rather than the First Division, which was a 2-0 loss to Everton in May 2019. Oh, so it's not the best radio for them. Just... No, it's not really. That's not going to give many uh, Burnley fans much hope. Because they're thrilled now, they can't wait. But I think uh, if I was a betting man, I'd say Brighton to win 2-1. This has 1-1 Britain all over it. Hmm. The other game on Friday night uh, kicks off at eight o'clock, so straight afterwards on Sky Sports Premier League. And main event is down at the south coast, where, or, or along the south coast, sorry, not down on the south coast, because Brighton is on the south coast. <laughs> yeah, and it's further, it's to the left of Brighton. See, Southampton play Newcastle. A long trip for the Magpies down from Newcastle, about four or five hours down via the train, though they probably flew. Uh, Newcastle in the table currently sit 11th whilst Southampton are up in 5th place. However, the Saints will be without striker Danny Ings after he went off injured last week and is set to miss 4-6 weeks with his knee injury. They'll be hoping to count on uh, Shea Adams to replace a uh, fellow Englishman. But how do the Saints stop Callum Wilson this season, this weekend?
1: Well, you can, can still stop Wilson. He's <laughs> mm. not doing Newcastle. Don't want to say they're lucky. They're not lucky. They, they, they have the style, and it just works. Yeah, <laughs> it's not pretty. Christ, I lived through it for three seasons. It's horrible, you know. No. But when you're getting the results, you don't complain. Yes. Although
0: you have every rights <laughs> to So a bit of uh, facts about uh, the Friday night football. Uh, Southampton have lost all three of their home Premier League games played on Fridays by an aggregate score of 15 to 2. Indeed, the last such match ended in a 9-0 defeat against Leicester so, um, in October mate, last
1: year. If I see a Steve
0: Bruce team, he's gone nine goals. <laughs> just just no e- exit, exit. Exit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not also that good reading for Newcastle because this will be their 12th game played on a Friday and their 11th away from home. The Magpies have just won two of their last three games, having won just one of their first eight on a Friday night. So both teams are looking decent this season. Southampton, I'd say, the better of the two, obviously, based on league position. And victory would see the Saints go to the top of the Premier League for just under 24 hours at least because Everton could retake this spot if they win on Saturday afternoon but I'm going to go with a Southampton 3-2 win. Oh 3-2? <laughs> yeah. See, so you've,
1: you've missed something. What? Because as much as Danny Ings is out and that's a big problem mm-hmm. there's a lot of gold, in it. don't get me wrong. On that one. But there are concerns over the fitness of Jan Bednarak and Ryan Bertrand?
0: No I think they'll be That's... fine because uh, they'll have uh... they're both picked up injuries against us at the weekend. They'll um... probably start Jan Valerie at left back then instead of Ryan Bertrand if he's not fully fit and then uh, summer signing Mohamed uh, Salisu if uh, Jan Bednarak isn't fit or Jack Stevens. so I think they'd be fine in that sense so yeah I,
1: I, think... I just I'm fair this is this is this week's funny result I'm going two 0 Newcastle
0: interesting uh, next up on Saturday lunchtime sees Everton host Manchester United at Goodison Park at half 12 Everton are unbeaten in their last three games against Manchester United with both games last season ending in a 1-1 draw They last went four without defeat against the Red Devils in March 1990. United have won more Premier League games against Everton than any other side has won against another in the competition's history, 36. Meanwhile, their 16 wins at Cuddison Park is the joint most away wins for a club at a specific venue in the competition. For Everton, uh, they are looking to avoid three consecutive Premier League defeats for the first time since December last year, while Carlo Ancelotti hasn't lost three league games in a row since November 2006 with AC Milan. Uh, Man United coming in off that poor game uh, the other night against Istanbul, Basiski as we just said. Is this Everton's turn to pass and put more pressure on Ole side? I
1: mean, they've got no better chance. Mm. <laughs> it's
0: the best chance they're gonna
1: get. Quite uh, uh, still out, it's
0: I think he is. Yes. Oh,
1: so, um, really, for they're, they're unsure on Rodriguez,
0: even though yeah. there is word that he could come back. Yeah, I think he's gonna be a late fitness test for that one. But they will be able to welcome so back. As, as, I, as of
1: time of recording, he's there's no news. Out.
0: Yeah and uh, they'll be able to welcome back uh, left back Luca Digne who missed out a weekend due to a suspension.
1: And the, with the way he gets forward that's kind of decisive. That's mm. more for one Bissaka to deal with because obviously you know you don't know, they're not having a winger back and yeah him's defensive it's just gonna get overloaded. On
0: that. Yeah uh, I think I think it is going to be the game where Everton break their losing streak, if you can really call it a streak, because it's only two games. And I'm going to go with a 2-1 Everton win and Calvert-Lewin to score a brace. And I, go, I don't think this ends in an Everton win.
1: That, this would be typical United to turn back off again and uh, and then just go, crosses. What oh, crosses? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just turn a blind eye to it. So they're
1: going to, you know, they're going to win two, one. Huh?
0: Okay.
1: This is this uh, is Marcus Rashford's
0: time to step up again. <laughs> Next up, we have Crystal Palace taking on Leeds United at three o'clock at Salhurst Park. Uh, Palace are unbeaten in their last four home league games against Leeds, winning two, drawing the other two, with the first. With this, the first such meeting since a 2-2 draw in the Championship of March 2013. Leeds have won three of their last four Premier League games with Palace. With this, their first such game since a 2-0 win at Selhas Park in January 1998. Uh, Leeds are looking, I think, as I would expect it, or a little bit better than I did.
1: They're doing what I expected them to do.
0: Mm. I expected them
1: to... Teams are random. They'll dominate the game. They're they haven't changed they, yeah. Exactly how In Champions, the championship And it's worked Now and again You'll see the yeah. guys where works Against Villa And then you'll the, see the,
0: the guys where they get found
1: out A bit against
0: Liverpool And Lesley Kylie's sit in a place below them uh, Only on the, the, 3 compared to Leeds It's zero so I think this game's got a draw written all over it. I think, it'll be I think it's to, you be two-two. It will be a 2 2. we will be interested to see how Palace
1: deal with that. Mm. Is it? I don't know if I see him sitting back, just letting Leeds call so they can't well, they just counter him back.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a very tactical court game. Bielsa and Roy Hodgson compared to. How both sides set up Who cons- I, never thought, I never thought I'd find myself intrigued For
1: Roy Hodgson against Marcelo Bielsa <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a weird Image about in,
0: Getting intrigued about that matchup <laughs> Yeah it's weird But I think it actually is going to be Quite interesting to see uh, How it does uh, So I went with a 2-2, what are you going for the game? I'm going to go, gonna one Okay. Okay. Uh, Saturday early evening sees Chelsea play host to Sheffield United at half five at Stamford Bridge. The Blues are looking in somewhat decent form. That sounds good. That sound good. Kept five clean sheets in their last five games for the first time since 2010. So new signing getaway Mendy is looking decent whilst... The Blades on the opposite hand are having a really bad season, sitting in 19th place. Only Um, Some facts about the game, Chelsea have conceded exactly twice in five of their last six home league games against Sheffield United, keeping a clean sheet in the other back in 2007. Sheffield United avoided defeating both league games against Chelsea last season, winning one and drawing the other coming from uh, 2-0 down to draw 2-2 in this exact fixture at Stamford Bridge in August 2019. I think this has got a Chelsea win all over this. I think Mm, the front line are starting to come together. Werner, Pulisic, Ziyech if he starts. I think the only one that's somewhat a little struggling would be um, Kai Havertz but obviously he won't be available for the video game yeah. after Frank Lampard confirmed he tested positive for Covid-19 on Monday or was it Tuesday he said it? I believe it was Tuesday just before
1: the game against the yes
0: yeah, so we wish him a speedy recovery um, but yeah I think this is Chelsea easy 3-0 win yeah, I've got 2
1: yeah.
0: Okay, and the last game of Saturday sees West Ham play Fulham in a London derby. Uh, Eight o'clock on Sky Sports box office, I believe. BT Sports box office. So, some facts about the game after losing in their first Premier League home match against Fulham in November 2001. West Ham are unbeaten in their last ten game against the Cartridges in the top flight, winning six draw in the other four. Fulham haven't kept a clean sheet in any of their last 15 Premier League meetings with West Ham, shipping exactly three in each of their last three away games against them. West Ham have won 59% of their games against Fulham, their highest ratio against any opponent they've faced at least 10 times in the Premier League. So it's looking good reading for West Ham, not so good for Fulham. And with the stats that West Ham Did have scored, have scored like at least. Fulham are on the three. <laughs> I mean, We're all going
1: to have rest
0: the all season. Mm, but for how long? Because, I mean, it was a win against a poor West Brom. <laughs> we'll get to that one. We'll get on to West Brom in a minute as they've got Sunday lunchtime. But um, I think West Ham are going to win this quite easily. And I'm going to go with 3-1 West Ham. Mikel Antonio to score a brace. I mean, you say Mikel Antonio.
1: I was right he might still be out uh, I, I believe i'm pretty sure it was a month last week I'm yeah
0: i'm not too but sure if he's back
1: he's back As a recording i'm barely sure he's still out
0: okay well if... <laughs> i don't think
1: they need mick and Antonio to be full of
0: <laughs> yeah
1: uh... they should come through this still but i wouldn't say it's as straightforward i still say him. okay
0: uh On to Sunday lunchtime now, uh, where it will be taking place at the Hawthorns, where West Bromwich Albion will be playing Tottenham Hotspur on Sky Sports Box Office. Some facts about the game. West Brom won their last Premier League encounter with Spurs 1-0 back in May 2018. They've not won back-to-back league games against Tottenham since November 1984. Tottenham have conceded just six goals in their last eight Premier League meetings with West Brom and never more than once in a match in that run. 46% 46% of Premier League meetings between the two sides have ended in draws of all the fixtures to so have been played at least 20 times in the competition only Aston Villa versus West Ham has ended level more regularly. Of course. <laughs> so I think it's an easy 4-0 Spurs win. Kane and Son both to Let's get see, a brace. See this league, no, this league, this league. <laughs>
1: This league, this league plays with our minds. Mm. Oh, no, surely Tottenham can't screw this one up. They just can't. They, um, they, they, but they can't, be but they can. So but it would be so Tottenham to do it. No, they can't. It's ending 3 now. Mm. Actually, no, no. Scratch that. Scratch that. That's No, it's 3 1. 3 one, 1. Okay.
0: The next game on Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock sees Leicester play host to Middle West Midlands side, Wolves, because Leicester are east. You know you Midlands game. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just trying to make sure I'm getting Leicester in East Midlands, not calling them a West Midlands side because they're not. Uh, that game's on Sky Sports Premier League and Main Event uh, from the King Power Stadium. Some facts about this. Leicester City have lost just once of their last 23 home games against Wolves, winning 13, drawing 9 with that defeat coming back in the Championship in May 2007, where they lost 4-1. In the top flight, Wolves are winless in their last ten away games against Leicester, drawing four, losing six since a two-one win back in December of nineteen seventy-one. Wolves have failed to score in six of their last seven top flight matches at Filbert Street slash King Power Stadium. Filbert Street, that one well for the older lot. Yes. So I think uh, um, Wolves are a good side, but so are Leicester. I think this is two very good it's sides, tasty. and. It's tasty. It's definitely one of the tastier games that we have to look forward to this week. And, and Two brifless animals in foxes and wolves. Yes, I'm going to go for a 2-2. I don't think it's that open, i think 1-1. OK, the following game on Sunday sees Manchester City play host to league champions Liverpool at half four at the Etihad Stadium. Again, this is on Sky Sports main event. Sky Sports Premier
1: League. Man City
0: have won their, Yeah, Man City have won their last three home league games against Liverpool by an aggregate score of 11 to one. They have not won four consecutively against the Reds at home since March 1937. Liverpool haven't kept a clean sheet in any of their last 10 league away games against Man City, conceding 26 goals in a to in total in that run. And City have won nine of their last ten Premier League games against reigning champions, with the only exception in that run being a four two loss at Leicester in December twenty sixteen. However, they've won none of their last eleven when facing Liverpool as the previous season starter winners since a three-one win in October in nineteen seventy-seven. Again it should be a very good game between two very good sides. Don't know who is fully fit for Pep Guardiola's side this weekend. Uh, I don't know whether he has. uh think came on the other night. Yes, he did come back so on. So you would gather he's back. Is in he going to start or is he going to be another substitute appearance for I'd, I'd expect him to
1: start.
0: Yeah, such a big game. I expect him to start. Uh, I think the main issue for Liverpool here is uh, if. Uh, Hazel starts at centre uh, center forward is their centre backs because they haven't really had a tough game since Van Dyke's injury so it'll be an interesting to see how they cope with especially a very interchangeable and fast front three that Guardiola seems to favour.
1: Maybe I mean there was a defence options there's obviously Gomez but, um, but there wasn't there still on Matty being cheap? Um, because if yeah. not, that obviously leaves them with Williams mm-hmm. but, and Defanio That's two young players that are going into a massively important game. In what would
0: be their biggest games of their careers to it's date. The, it's the game that would decide Liverpool oh,
1: oh, are up there again. I mean, they're going to be up there again, we know that. Yeah. But our oh, City, <clears throat> this is what's going on us City, considering how they've started.
0: Yeah, I mean, a win and other results go their way this weekend. City could jump into the top four. Uh, and a win for Liverpool would obviously put them back up on top if results uh, pre- earlier on in the weekend go against them. Um, I I think Liverpool are just going to snatch. No, sorry, Man City are going to snatch this 2 1. Bond
1: predictions not going
0: to. Two. Okay, and finally, this weekend's fixtures before the international break sees Arsenal play host to Aston Villa yeah. at quarter past seven on Sky Sports Box Office. So, as a Villa fan, I'm going to give you some facts, which probably aren't yeah. going to sound too nice for you. So, Arsenal have won their last uh, three. Listen, I've, been, I've been kicked down enough times in life. Just doesn't faze me. I think, and this is going to be somewhat. Nice to hear. Arsenal have won their last three home games against Aston Villa by an aggregate score of 12-2. However, only Chelsea, Man City and Man United have won more Premier League away games at the Emirates than Aston Villa. Villa are looking to win consecutive league games against Arsenal for the first time since they did in May and December of 1998, though both victories came back then at Villa Park. Arsenal's 1-0 win against, a- uh, Aston Villa's 1-0 win at Arsenal at Villa Park in July ended a run of seven straight defeats against the Gunners in all competitions across which they had conceded 23 goals. Uh, I think this is a, it's a very tight deck game in terms of position in both eighth mm-hmm. and ninth and level on points. And it
1: will not have the Villa same attention runners, as the last one. Hmm just nowhere near the same tension as the last one yeah and at that point Arsenal's season was over at that yeah. point so don't blame them because they didn't turn up up I thought they did I thought they were still pretty good in that game we were just we just got the goal on the night and it ended up being the, the most important goal of our season mm.
0: But it's, not, it's going to be nothing of the salt this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go. I think this is the game that Arsenal dropped back to normal Arsenal when people are like, is my Arteta really that good? And I'm going to go with a shock Aston Villa 2-1 victory. You bastard, you bastard, you give me hope for stopping. With uh, <laughs> Jack Grealish scoring the winner in stoppage time like he did last week, though he wasn't the winner against Southampton.
1: Stop, stoppage time. Yeah. I'm not going to say it, so we don't have a chance. We absolutely mm. have a chance. We, we've we got a goal in us. Which yeah. is unlike we, we had the, the whole... of the. Restart towards yeah. the end of last season. Our defence just needs to be on point. That's all that needs to happen. It's what was happening at the start of this season. Hmm. It's not because co- that the two games we've lost. We've been shite defensively. Yeah. So as long as our defence is fine, I think we have a chance
0: you just got to hope that uh, Aubameyang's goal last week isn't something to get him back into his uh, goal-scoring.
1: I mean, even, um, even, even,
0: even,
1: even if he hadn't scored last week, he was scoring this week, because that's what we do. We help players
0: out. Mm. Um, elsewhere in the world of football, uh, Valencia are playing Real Madrid on Sunday evening. Uh, should be a very good game, always is, between the two sides. And then in Germany, we have the big one, a.k.a. the Klassiker, on Saturday evening at half past five, where Borussia Dortmund will welcome Bayern Munich to Signal Iduna Park. As okay. over that, it's a top-of-the-table clash. It's going to be a great game. Erling Haaland versus Robert Levski. <laughs> I've seen Ireland's long score record in Dortmund.
1: It's not 26 in 28 games. It's oh, he's
0: phenomenal. How is he me. getting slept on?
1: I feel like he's slightly being slept on. <laughs> just a little bit. Like, he should be in the Mbappe conversation right now. I think he's better than Mbappe at the minute in time. Right now, yes. <laughs> Country one. I just... a project in Mbappe. It's... Is pro- project there?
0: Yeah, 100% it should be. I think he go. I think it's because he's doing it so often that it's just became the norm that we're not shocked by him scoring a brace or a hat-trick each game. Um, a bit like when Messi or Ronaldo score goals now, you're just like, ah. Oh. Like, um, I know when Barcelona played Dynamo Kiev yesterday, they went 1-0 up, and I was like, ah, oh, who scored? Let me guess Lionel Messi. And it turned out to be him. So I think that's the problem with Haaland at the minute and the fact that Bayern are still Bayern in the Bundesliga, where if Bayern weren't as good this season, I think all the plaudits and eyes would be on Haaland and uh Lucian Favre as Dortmund. Um, that game oh, I mean the last one I it was uh, one of the early ones back uh post lockdown in Germany and I believe by one five nil or five one.
1: It's always no ex- <laughs> yeah. it's always been open. Mm.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go with a three two buy and win. Mm. Yep. It's definitely your every one of these <laughs> <laughs> Uh I'm Elsewhere in the world of football, uh, in Italy, Lazio play Juventus on Sunday morning at half past 11, so it should be a good game. And then the following game, uh, two o'clock, sees Atalanta play Inter Milan, two very impressive sides this season. Atalanta continuing their great form of last year under Gian Gasparini and uh, Inter Milan are starting to look okay despite the occasional pip under Antonio Conte. Uh, and elsewhere in the world, the MLS season comes, regular season comes to an end this weekend. Uh, with all but one playoffs or two playoff spots uh, in the Eastern Conference sorted. Uh, I believe it's 8th and 9th or 9th and 10th that aren't sorted in the East. Everything else is sorted. Uh, all games kick off. Sorry, no, they don't all kick off at the same time. As you said, confirms me that Minnesota, you know, they're at least three. Uh Give me two seconds. So the first half of games on that day kick off at 8.30 with the other lot kicking off at 11.30 UK time. With it, it's the East Conference. so. That uh, is the conference nearest the United Kingdom. They're at 8.30, whilst 11.30 is the West Conference. And the MLS table, Minnesota United, the Loons as they are known. Yes, they are. They're in fifth place. Can't the Wonderwall if you think you can. They're a place above uh, my LAFC, actually. Can't get past the Wonderwall as well. <laughs> Uh, I think the big surprise in that in the MLS is that the LA Galaxy are missing out on the playoffs this year after a poor season they did uh, sack their manager uh, about a week and a half ago now if not two weeks now. It's got to be a first for him surely. Uh, First in a very long time Um, yes. Into Miami still have a chance David Beckham side to make the playoffs. Uh, so basically, for those that aren't aware, the MLS this season has decided that uh, with the final games, they're going to be sorting it on a points per game basis rather than final <laughs> league standings. Oh, so <laughs> it's going to be very confusing, so at the it's minute, gonna, at the top of it. The...
1: That's going to end fairly. That,
0: yeah, so not, like, the...
1: not like Americans to learn
0: about unfair decisions, is it? <laughs> <laughs> of trying to stay out of the politics because at the minute in the Eastern Conference Philadelphia Union are first because they've scored more goals than stop Toronto. The counts. Oh, stop, the, stop the counts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's still going on. Of course it's going on. <laughs> but yeah so the, uh, the MLS it's finishing this Sunday as previously mentioned Games kicking off at half past eight and half eleven in the UK, if you are interested in watching that. Um, And the big game in the Women's Premier League this weekend sees Manchester United take on Arsenal women at half past two. Uh, The game's available on the FA player, as is 90% of the games unless stated otherwise. This is going to be very interesting. It's Man United's biggest uh, biggest test, this season. Uh, Arsenal will be hoping to continue their perfect starts, winning all five games, scoring 29 goals, conceding four. Uh, Arsenal will be somewhat of the tighter of the two teams as they played yesterday in the Conti Cup, where Manchester United's game against Everton was postponed due to safety concerns uh, regarding the stadium. And uh, the one player they'll be looking to tame will be Arsenal striker Viviana Miedemar, who scored four goals yesterday for Arsenal against the London City Lionesses as they won 4-0 and to take her total up to 82 goals in 81 games for Arsenal. And I think Manchester United personally looking at this, have a chance, but it's going to be a close one and hopefully it's a draw.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't say that I'm the biggest expert in this, but when right I hear, Arsenal are doing very, very well in this. Do they come as his favourites slightly? Or they just...
0: Yeah, they'll definitely come into it as favourites. Yeah, so I, just, I, I would go Arsenal. I, just... uh, I don't like making predictions like this. <laughs> it is too close to
1: call. you It be, be, be a pulser.
0: Hmm. Right, that is all we've got time for on this week's show. We'll be back later on in the week to review all the Premier League fixtures and any more big talking points that happen across... week can't get (laughs) much (laughs) worse. True. Uh, If you are listening, make sure, wherever you're listening, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Our Facebook page is OTC and our Twitter is also at OTC.
1: That's at
0: Pod. Have you changed it? Has it always been there? Well, it's always been there. Someone's oh. got to be
1: glued up on these things.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, and we will be back later on in the week, as I said previously, to review Premier League pictures and any other talking points. In the meantime, stay safe wherever you are in the world as we are currently continuing with the global pandemic and we'll be back later in the week. And it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.